Yeah, no, it's true. I'm I'm still I'm still trying to get there and like in the in the mushroom space of being okay with like I think part of me still thinks that this needs to be work and study and I'm I'm learning here. I'm you know and I think someday when I you know when I grow up I'm going to learn how to have fun. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Today's guest is Honor Boone. Honor talks about holding space for others, psilocybin and sobriety, as well as what it's been like for her to discover mushrooms on retreat in Jamaica and then move from California to Louisville, continuing self-expansion along with sanctuary. In many ways, this community is not other than the experience and the minds which comprise it. So it's exciting when we get to re-understand sanctuary as if for the first time through the perspective of another, especially when it's through the words of one as perceptive and wise as Honor Boone is. And in this conversation, you'll begin to get a taste of how deep a compliment is her presence to what is unfolding here. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, join the conversation in the YouTube comments. Subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. And now, please welcome Honor Boone. Well, hey, Honor. Thanks for being back on Psilocybin Says. It's been... About a year or so since you were on. Probably yeah, not. I'm not sure, but thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Looking too. good, looking fresh. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you feeling? Are you feeling maybe a little less overwhelmed? Or are you? Are you working? You um, seem. You seem more at ease. Or maybe <laughs> it's, maybe me. it's just the mushrooms. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably you do. it. Actually, yeah. That's. I'm sure that's part of it. But but yeah. I mean, I I. I feel good. I feel less overwhelmed. I'm in a better spot, I think, than I probably was at that time. Well, I mean, that was a big part of your, um, if I recall, uh, kind of one of the big takeaways is that you saying something like, you don't, you don't have to work so much. You don't have to try so hard or something like that. Can you just kind of take us back to, because we talked last time, I think we talked after your experience that uh, Christina and I, or Athena and I mm -hmm. sat with. Um, yeah, and yeah. you've done some work since then. So just kind of take it, take us back. For those of you who don't know, Honor has been uh, on our show before, as Courtney just said. But Honor has also been a part of of our work, starting in Jamaica back in what twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah, two thousand nineteen, February two thousand nineteen. And you've had, you have a really interesting and compelling story that I think a lot of people can identify with. So just kind of um, bring our bring our audience up to speed on kind of the the trajectory of your working with this sacrament since let's just say that session that you and I and Athena did the first one for sanctuary actually it's so awesome mm -hmm. yeah that was that was a great experience I mean uh do you mind if I just start briefly with uh Jamaica oh yeah sure if you want to come in back there sure yeah yeah I mean I just uh, didn't want to ask too much of you to go back through too no much. that's fine it's it's uh it's one of my favorite stories. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I had, uh, I had been, uh, I had come across the information about the uh, Johns Hopkins studies, psilocybin. I don't think I'd even heard of Michael Pollan's book yet. I didn't know if 
I didn't know that it was out even and um, looked, I wanted a, um, I was looking for a different way to deal with depression because I had been taking antidepressants for about 20, 25 years. And it seemed like a more natural way to maybe help my depression. So I quit after talking to you, I think on an introductory call, mm -hmm. um, I stopped taking my antidepressants and I went to Jamaica and secretly hoping that I would also have one of these grand uh, spiritual experiences that I had read about. And so uh, first dose, uh, really not much to tell, but the second dose, um, I think I took seven grams and had a very, very challenging experience that mostly revolved around um, my sobriety. So that's, I should mention that I had been a recovering alcoholic for about 30 years, maybe at that time, and, um, and didn't, you know, sort of in accordance with the traditions of being in a 12-step program, didn't take any kind of recreational drugs. Um, I had occasionally used, uh, like, say, something like marijuana for nausea, because it, for me it's the only thing that works. And, you know, I, to me psilocybin was um, a medicine. When I went down there, I, I was going to get some medicine. And what happened during that dose was um, that uh, I a, a voice in my head told me that I wasn't sober anymore, and it just shook me to my core. It just, I, I fell apart. It was like one of the, probably one of the most difficult experiences I had Ever and I remember, I remember sitting with you, Eric, on the on the grass and trying to just get through it, and joking in sort of a black, like a dark way about you know, like you know, where's the stuff I read in the brochure? Like you know, joking like my spiritual experience and um, you helping me through that and. Uh, you know, giving me words of wisdom about leaning in, and if you knew, you know, long-term what would be at the end of this for you, you, you would lean in, and the, you know, the benefits don't happen in the moment, and, you know, to me that was, it sounded, you know, it sounded kind of hollow, I think, at the time, and I got, I remember getting really angry and saying, I can't believe I paid for this, and, you know, Anyway, um, this fucking joker has no <laughs> idea. <laughs> but yeah, and I and I think I felt bad afterwards because I think I felt like you guys sort of took that to heart, like somehow. But it was just me sort of venting in the moment. And you know, long story short, um, I came out of that with uh, some that experience in Jamaica with some huge benefits um, because I realized that. Um, after, you know, integrate being able to integrate that, I guess, experience, realizing that um, that sobriety is not sort of a one size fits all. Um, that um, you know, it it there's no real benefit in being judgmental about with yourself, I guess, or with others about what their sobriety looks like. 
and that, um, you know, as long as I wasn't drinking, which was my problem, that, uh, you know, I still considered myself sober at that point. Uh, so we moved to Louisville, and um, I say coincidences, if you believe in coincidences, which I don't, <laughs> um, you all relocated back home here to Louisville, and uh, so the the church, which I pr- I'm not sure I even would have gotten involved with Sanctuary if I had been back in L.A., um, but being here in Louisville and having a history with, with you guys and feeling like I had unfinished business with psilocybin, uh, where's my spiritual experience? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I, I signed up, you know, became a member, and, um, and we had a private sacrament at my house, which was a phenomenal experience. It, it was challenging in that it just takes, I don't know, it's, you know, I, I don't do like rainbows and unicorns or, but, um, so it was challenging. But, you know, I had this f- phenomenal flow of messages, uh, you know, wisdom, and <laughs> part of that was rest, and you know. But um, it was a phenomenal experience. I was, I feel, I believe I was communicating with the source or God or whatever you want to call it. And by the way, why do people, um, when you say something like that, like why do people kind of go like, okay. (laughs) Like I feel like if if someone tells me that they're talking, if someone were to tell me that they're talking to God, I'd want to say like, well, what did God say? Like (laughs) tell me more. Like you know what I mean? Like. You know, so I find that kind of odd, but anyway. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, so I, and why oh, aren't cool. people more curious? Yes. You mean? <laughs> I mean, general. no one has ever. Yeah. I've I've told that to a small, like a handful of people, and no one has ever said, like, tell me more. Like, what else? Right. Did, like, what else did God say? Or, you know, so anyway, um, you know, nothing crazy. So, um, <laughs> nothing it crazy, was <laughs> just talking to God. No, no. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, like if someone tells me they're, they're talking to God, I'm going to, I'm going to ask at least once, like, what, what did God, what did you hear? Mm-hmm. Because I think based on maybe the first, you know, maybe one or two things that they tell me, I can make a judgment about whether, you know, I want to hear more. I think that what they have mm. to say is of any value because it's either going to jive with my ideas about the, you know, the creator of the universe or it's not, you know. So, like, if someone tells me that, you know, anyone who doesn't support Trump in the next election is going to burn in hell, you know, then I don't want to hear any more about what you, you know, mm. your experiences. But if it if it's something about you know, love and forgiveness or whatever, then that's going to jive with my ideas Mm. about God. And then I want to hear more. Um, So anyway, we had a a great experience. And then I don't even know how much longer it was. It was the retreat. I did another, the camping retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that? That was August 2020. That was last year, August 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that was another fantastic experience did a did a moderate dose and had basically had the same experience of receiving, um, you know, like I said, just a conversation 
with God. Again, difficult. Um, it, ta- it took everything out of me. I mean, physically, and uh, I had, you know, great caretakers, including Courtney. And, um, and then um, most recently, um, I had a, uh, an, I, I dosed with, um, as a member of Sanctuary, with a friends and with two, I'll say friends and family ministers, correct, from, mm-hmm. from Sanctuary, yep. people that I knew locally here in Louisville through the church and people I respect uh, a lot and that I knew would uh, hold space for me and do a great job, and I was in good hands. And that was, once again, a, a really phenomenal experience. Uh, what, were, what were some of your takeaways from that? I, I haven't heard much. I mean, we talked a little bit, but... Yeah, um, you know, more really good information. You know, I mean, I I took a lower dose because of, um, you know, I know Eric and uh, I'm sure Courtney, you've sat with like hundreds if not thousands of people in health space. Um, but uh, my, my, I wasn't, I want to say, um, the people I was working with, again, great respect for them and believe sincerely that they would take good care of me, but I didn't want to put myself or them in a difficult position by taking a, 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 you know, a very, very high dose. So I did a relatively, like a smaller, small, I don't know if you call it small, but probably between two and three grams. And, um, and so it was a, at least, I know you say it can vary. It's not very predictable, but it, it was a more subtle experience. Um, it was, um, I'll say initially that uh, my first thought, and I told you this was, oh, I took enough to, to get the geometric patterns, but I was afraid I wasn't going to have uh, the effect that I want to, to, to have what I feel is like a, a reset. Um, there, there's a, a philosopher, Alan Watts, I think, that talks about psychedelic experiences as an unlearning. And that sort of jives with what they talk about as the, the reset of the brain and the, I think there's, there can be an unlearning of, like, or shedding of bad habits and unhealthy behaviors. Um, and I also, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to talk to God, I guess. <laughs> so, but but that was one of my first messages was like, um, not everything is not everything has to be Disneyland and talking to God, and that made perfect sense to me. I thought it was very funny at the time because um, my happy place in L.A. was Disneyland, and that's because when you're in Disneyland, have you ever been to a Disney, Disney World. Park. Disney yeah. World. Okay, so it's 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 more than roller coasters. It's a completely immersive experience. So there's no room in your brain while you're there for mm-hmm. much of anything else. You know, it's a place to sort of you can get away from everything and and the and it's hard for other thoughts or things to intrude in your head. So I, I spent time there when I could. And it was the same with those those other uh, trips we were talking about, where you know God was taking up all my attention, and 
the words were very like, I can remember verbatim what I heard. It was very powerful messages, no room for any, any other thoughts. This was much more subtle. You know, my own thoughts were intruding a bit. <clears throat> and, but that was part of the lesson that day. It was that, you know, God is in the small things. In order to, um, sometimes you need to, it's, it's what you focus on that um, if you're looking for God or joy or love, you know, it depends on what you, you focus on. I, I said, well, I never felt very equipped for life. And the message back was, you know, just it depends on what you focus on. Um, so uh, then, I mean, I'm trying to remember now. There were some, some things about my relationship with my husband. There was uh, the big takeaway was, well, two, I'll say two big takeaways. Um, one was that there, there is no separation. Uh, that was a message to me, which is something that I believe you hear a lot from people that in you know, the feeling of connectedness or the lack of separation. There's no such thing as separation. Um, the feeling of separation is an illusion. And... Um, all unhappiness comes from the feeling of separation. If, if you, and everything we do, part of that was everything we do either makes people feel closer to God or further away from God. And then the, the last thing that really like blew my mind was um, really fascinating stuff to me. Um, the idea that... Um, there was a thunderstorm, hmm. and I was, um, one of my sitters had a dog who was sitting next to me under the gazebo, and when I heard the thunder, I reached over to put my hand on him to reassure him uh, in case he was scared of the thunder, and I heard that, um, I heard in my head, like, I am, I am the thunder, and the idea there, again, it wasn't this strong verbatim word-for-word -word quote that I can tell you, but the idea was that um, if we're all connected and, and God is part, we're all part of God and God is part of us, you know, then, then the things that God is in the things that you're afraid of. God is in... If God is in everything, then God is in the things that you're afraid of. And what that means is, in the end, ultimately, you are never not safe. If everything, if God is a source of everything, then all the things that are pose a risk to you or the things that you're afraid of, ultimately, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, in, in those things. I mean, I know that's easy to say, but it, it makes sense if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, wow. How has that, has, has that started to incorporate or integrate into your life, that, that perspective? Or are you able to tap into that, you know, throughout the day when you maybe experience perceived threats or 
whatnot? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I, I need to, you know how it is. You drift away from that stuff. I need to go back and I read my journal from time to time just to, to look at the things I wrote down. But um, I, be, I believe so. I mean, I, I think I spent a lot of time in the last few years trying to control everything. Um, you know, everything from, you know, everything around work, around my husband's medical stuff, around, you know, just thinking that, you know, if, if I can sort of control all these things, nothing bad is going to happen. And I think I've been able to let go of some of the, I mean, everything from some of the, the guilt, the feelings of guilt for the things that I feel like I used to maybe feel were my responsibility that things I didn't do or didn't do successfully or whatever to um, just feeling that, you know, having more trust in the process. Oh, yeah, that was part of it too was about the good guys and the bad guys. There was, that was a message I said um, during that conversation I said it, but it's fun to play good guys and bad guys. That has always appealed to me for some reason, you know, like it's why I love like Star Wars or, you know, I want to be on the white, you know, I want to be the white hat, you know, and the, one of the good guys. And the response to that was that makes you feel, um, what was it? That makes you feel safe when you think, Gosh, I'd have to look it up now, but it, it's some. It was something like that. Like that's what makes it makes you feel safe when you think you're you're not safe. You know, just being one of the good guys. It it helps you to feel safe when you think that maybe you're not safe. So um, anyway, so mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I I'm trying to. I think. Wow. Yeah, there's so much there. Um, and like you said, it's easier said than done. I think basically said that. But this being in community, like with Sanctuary, uh, like you also mentioned, this stuff slips away. Like it starts to slip away, all these lessons and that we gain with the mushroom. And just like sitting here with you, hearing you retell those things, I feel myself waking up like from, you know, this morning running around like, wow, like got to do this, got to do that, you know, caught up in the logistics of being on earth. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, you know, I hear you share about your mushroom experience and I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> I, like this is kind of like an eternal thing where we're <laughs> all in it together and Okay, yeah, the good guys are the bad guys. The bad guys are the good guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the reminder. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting how we are reminding each other of yeah. I mean, that's, these things. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the benefits of the having the community. Is I not only have access to to people and events and that can help me integrate these experiences, but I think you're right. We also benefit when I when I hear someone else um, discuss their experiences or what they've learned since their experiences. You know that helps me. I like to think I don't have to be hit over the head. I can learn something <laughs> from 
from you telling me about mm-hmm. your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're in a, <clears throat> you offer a unique perspective, particularly in terms of the work that we've been doing over the years. I didn't, it didn't really register until you kind of mentioned what you just did, but I wonder if you have any ability to kind of compare the integration and the personal development that you experienced after your work in Jamaica and then going back into your home environment in California as opposed to this work that you're doing now in in the context of an active community do you do you feel like you're you're seeing more benefit realized from community oh, I mean no question I mean by far it's it's night and day I mean I I appreciate uh, what you were able to give me in, in Jamaica it was it started me on this path it was it was really the beginning of an amazing journey and a, and a great experience even if I didn't appreciate it so much at the, <laughs> at the time <laughs> I told I told Cordy too. Like I remember sitting on the grass next to you, and can I can I say a bad word or yeah Here? okay yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember telling Eric in Jamaica like psilocybin is not for pussies, <laughs> and I yeah. told I told Courtney I was going to make a T-shirt. Uh, so yeah, that, that's right. Right. Um, so yeah. So anyway, what were you talking about? Oh yeah. So um, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I went back to L.A. I, I, you know, I was lost, and I think you you know that I I got in touch with you a couple times. Like I I don't really know, you know, should I do this? Should I find another, you know, somebody here who can, you know, a therapist? Like what should I come back to Jamaica? And um, I think you were you were helpful, but um, I mean, definitely communicating with me was helpful. And we did have a thread. Mm. On WhatsApp, I think, with the people from the group, and mm-hmm. we were able to support each other. I was able to find through Meet Meetup, maybe the app, uh, a group locally that met once a month and time. But with um, the church community, especially being located here in Louisville, I know there are members from around the world, um, and for some of them, it's not maybe not easy to get it together physically. But here in but they can get together on Zoom. There's a lot of meetings. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But here in Louisville, it's sort of on another level because, mm-hmm. you know, we we can physically get together with each other. I've 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 met uh, some of the the other members socially. Uh, we meet. We have you know the the weekly at, at you know where we meet at another local church. Uh, geez. Um, the services online, just, I know, I mean, I, I've, I've said this before, I know that if nothing else, if I'm in a, in a bad spot or maybe I'm struggling with something, whether or not it's connected to, you know, my last, you know, sacrament experience, I can literally send a message on Discord or pick up the phone and even, even someone I've never met before would respond to me and be there for me. There's no doubt in my mind that mm-hmm. that's the case. And it, it made a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what we hope sanctuary becomes everywhere that there's members, you know, like with 
as people uh, go through the ordination programs and start to build their community locally, like that's really the vision that there's this home base touch point for people all over the country because th there is nothing like in person. There's nothing like that experience. I mean, not to say the benefits of meeting virtually aren't great. They're so great, but being in person is really where it's at. I, I want to hear more about uh, some of your experiences holding space yourself because you've gone through, <laughs> you've gone through our, uh, uh, cleric training program and right. uh, you're a myself minister. And so, and you've had some experiences holding space for people. Right. So let's, well, <laughs> I know, I'm those. only laughing just because, yeah, I did, uh, I did hold space at a group retreat. Um, and I told Eric, yeah, my perspective has changed a bit. I mean, I, I used to do security work and at the time it sort of felt like the most, um, boring, security job I'd ever had, you know, just <laughs> because it was quiet. And, you know, I was there to make sure everything was okay. Everybody's, but I, I didn't, t I don't think at that time, now this was before my friends and family, like minister training also. I, so I, I don't think I realized the, the importance of the, you know, the, um, I don't want to say, the, well, the importance of the role, but also that it, I, I was really. It was an. It should have been an honor for me to hold space for these people to be in the, in that role and care for them. And um, then I did also held space at another private sacrament uh, with Eric, and that was uh, very different. As the 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 member, the church member that we were with um, was more active and more verbal. There was more going on, and yet um, I was able to take a cue from Eric, so I felt like, you know, very comfortable, like, I knew he wasn't going to let me do anything that wasn't okay, so I just took my cue from him, and that was, and it's funny, because she has since told me how, how, I want to say, what it meant to her to have me there. I felt like I did nothing except sort of, again, take my cue from Eric, comfort her when he felt it was okay to comfort her or, or even to, to touch, you know, just uh, briefly or, or interact at all. Um, but it meant a lot to her. And she's actually, and uh, again, we were talking about this before, but this is actually how you have, you all have set up this to work uh, so that um, having been through the, the minister uh, program, um, I was able to um, also participate when I dosed uh, myself to have another friend, two actually two other friends and family ministers from the church who held space for me, um, and were gifted. You know, I was gifted sacrament uh, through the church and. So we were able to come together as part of the community and um, actually make this happen without, you know, making a formal, you know, attending a formal event by the church, paying money. You know, it was exactly, I think, what you foresaw when you were putting this together. Eric wants people to take mushrooms <laughs> for free. <laughs> It's true. I really do. We do. 
No, there's mm-hmm. definitely value um, there, and I'm not saying that facilitators shouldn't get compensated, um, but particularly as we're learning this work and we're just coming into it, it's always an incredible honor to be there for someone's transformation, even if it is almost not recognizable, almost if you don't see a transformation. Even that experience that you had in Jamaica where you were you know, miserable and um, you know, blaming me in the mushrooms, <laughs> it was really sincerely, it was, it's, it was a very special experience to be a part of. Um, and and so, sorry to interrupt no, you, just okay. side note, um, a recent episode that I recorded with Kristen, who was one of the clerics at the camping retreat mm-hmm. that you were at, mm-hmm. uh, where you had a mushroom communion. Um, she shared on that episode that during the integration circle where she was just there as a cleric, she mm-hmm. hadn't had any mushrooms, the whole retreat that she had a download, like as a cleric to have to bring a child into the world. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. did, where, yeah. And that integration circle that you were a part of just, just being there, being present uh, and feeling the energy of everyone there. And she had a massive shift hmm. herself wow. that led to her having the baby that she just had oh. like a oh, month wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were Who a knew? part of that. You helped bring a child into the world. <laughs> just wanted to let you know. Just, uh, to, thank you so, that you're so much. It's, it's very real though, that the being in that healing space just opens up and allows for even the support people to get uh, so much out of it. And I guess just what I wanted to say is that how this relates to um, kind of the, our history of working with these medicines, these sacraments. Uh, Joe Tafur, uh, who's a medical doctor in Ayahuasca and published author, very well respected, very well renowned in the psychedelic world. You know, he was here t- giving a talk a few weeks ago, and in the talk he was talking about you know facilitators getting paid and how you know it's like it's accessibility is an issue and how understandably. You know, people need to get paid for the time. And so, you know, it costs a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever for a session, blah, 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 blah. He said, but you know, like for thousands of years, uh, people have been taking ayahuasca for free. For thousands of years, people have been taking iboga for free. For thousands of years, psilocybin for free. And so there is a way that we can make this work where it is more accessible um, and people still can be can receive a living wage for work that they do within these communities. And also, I don't want to say it, but just acknowledging what a gift it is to be able to hold space for people and and for that, for, for our good work to be its own reward. So I love that we're moving more in that direction. And I love that just like you Particularly, you know, I've, I've, I say this and I mean it. And I've said it before. I'll continue to say it. How special your experience in this, in my work in particular, has been. Because even right now, you are illustrating and embodying everything that I have been, we have been trying to put into place. Not just with sanctuary, but as that has evolved from Jamaica to, to now. So it's it's really incredible. Yeah, it's, it's been a ride, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have imagined, like, you know, when I got on the plane to go to Jamaica that I would end up here. But um, it's it's one of the best things in my life. And as far as 
you know, as far as growth, it's been, you know, I mean, I, I fought it kicking and screaming in the beginning, as I guess, as happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of riding the wave now, navigating a little bit better. And, uh, and by the way, I, I do agree with the, the idea that, um, you know, sitters uh, should be paid. I offered to pay my mm-hmm. sitters. And, but we are fortunate in being in a situation, at least uh, some of us here locally, where we can also return the, the service you know, have the opportunity to, you know, hold space for other people, you know, that have held space for us, which is great because, you know, it, it means that we can, you know, that can be available to us more, Mm -hmm. more frequently. Mm -hmm. I just actually today schedule, I haven't told you the date or anything, but I'm scheduling a, uh, uh, to, to sit with one of your sitters, spouses, blah, 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 but for free. Like I'm so, then this is the most excited I've been about actually sitting for a long time that I get to now do this, not as like an obligation, but right. out of desire. And I can completely extract money from the situation. I fucking love that so much. Yeah, I'd like to do more of that as well in in future. I think I'd like to learn how to because it's still I still have problems sitting still, um, and and not yeah. I think but I think I'd like to learn to be a better sitter through experience. I mean, uh, I've had the training now. <laughs> now I I just need more experience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, that's what mm-hmm. all of us need. That's what everybody needs and. In terms of training, we can do all the book studying. We're gonna have all the conversations we want to, but the words only go so far. It's actually getting in there and, and experiencing. Mm-hmm. I guess I, uh, that you know leads me to ask, you know, what do you think? What, what do you feel like you've learned from being on both sides of this fence, and 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 how would you take that into kind of a next scenario and and holding space for somebody else? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I think I, I would, I mean, I think, I mean, a, a new, just a new appreciation, I think for the, the, the sitters, first of all, the, um, one of the sitters I had, can I mention a first name anyway? Yeah, no, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Christina, um, she, she just basically by example taught me what, a phenomenal sitter is like, I mean, and obviously, you know, you're, you're a phenomenal sitter as well, but just, uh, uh, she and I have a, another connection outside of, of this that, that made it special. And, um, and I think through, by watching her, I realized that it was a sacred, uh, th- thing that she took a responsibility or a, a um, not even a responsibility, but a a role that she took very seriously, and it made my experience so so great. So I think I would like to be that person for the the next person I sit for. Would like to be the person who's not just there to keep them from getting in their car and driving away, but the person who is you know, 
you know, putting a, you know, make, creating a positive space and a loving space and um, just helping them hopefully to, to get whatever they need from the experience and, and not interfere while, while not interfering with the experience itself. So you mentioned having a connection with Christina, like outside right. of that service. Right. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Like how that relationship has evolved or shifted since you've had that yeah experience um i mean again i'm i get I get a little uncomfortable talking about other people so you will stop yeah. me if i say no, anything christina's you know she's very upfront about her work with sanctuary okay. uh, the um the psilocybin and sobriety right. is a public event now okay. it's open to the public is it okay yeah mm -hmm. so uh, it's all fair, fair game okay well um uh, Christina, Christina and I both have a history in uh, recovery in 12-step. And I had, but our experiences were very different. Um, I got sober in L.A. where there's probably hundreds of meetings every week and it was really easy to find your, your crowd where you felt comfortable. You know, you could go to like the soccer moms meeting or you could go to the bikers meeting or you could go to the, you know, the, like, basically the comedy meeting, you know, or, Whoa. you know, you'd see famous people. It, it was just, it, it was, I think it was an easy place. Well, easy. It was a good place to get sober because you could really find a good place to fit. And I think, and I was also 32 when I got sober. Christina was very young. And um, to her credit, she, she was very, very active um, in 12 step. And, um, by the way, I'm not, a, which is why I'll avoid saying names, but this is, uh, I'm not a spokesperson for any group. I'm not an expert on 12 step. It's just my experience. Uh, so, uh, anyway, but, but she had some very, um, she was much younger than I was when she got, uh, sober and had a very different experience. Um, I don't think as positive, not definitely not as positive as, as mine, but we both came, uh, to sanctuary with that history of, of recovery. And, um, you know, my horrible, you know, I'll say challenging, challenging experience in, in Jamaica over that sobriety thing. It, it really, as I said, it really made me re rethink what it meant to be sober, you know, uh, what, you know, whether or not I needed to worry about what other people were we're doing at the same time with the answers. No, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, but because it was so difficult for me that I've never been comfortable at none of these experiences. Uh, I've never been comfortable with the fe the feeling of the altered feeling. Um, I don't like it. I still don't like it. I'm getting more comfortable with it. Uh, but to me, it's sort of a, uh, I don't know. It's just the price. It's the price I pay for the benefits, which are are many. You know, I mean, after this last experience, I felt like a. I just felt like a different person. Mm -hmm. You know, the anxiety that the you know, I, I believe it's something I need to do probably at least once a year um, to keep myself like spiritually, mentally healthy. You know. Anyway, 
Um, so, but it had been so traumatic for me, like the idea, at least at that time, the, the you know, the, you know, how do I do this? How do I, as a sober person who, you know, under the, the common, you know, practices of people in 12 step would, would, it would not be, you, you would not be considered sober anymore if you were, you know, if you smoked that joint, even, you know, for nausea when you could take Pepto-Bismol or, you know, some people even early days had a problem with the antidepressants I took. You know, I would never go into a meeting uh, and say, hey, by the way, I just, you know, took three grams of psilocybin. Um, and, it, you know, even though I, I know that, I believe that there's not a, a conflict between those two things. I, you know, my conclusion was that, you know, eventually, whether or not I'm, I'm sober, I'm, you know, or clean, uh, I'm okay with these things. As long as I'm not drinking, I'm okay with this whole side. So, um, but it was such a traumatic experience for me, and I felt like I was kind of uh, dealing with it alone. And then I started meeting people in sanctuary who had also a history of recovery and were obviously um, had believed that there were spiritual, you know, other benefits to taking psilocybin. And, and so just in order, and Christine and I had talked about this, but just, you know, my germ of an idea, which was all it was, was to have a place for people who might be struggling with that, people who had a history of addiction, or, you know, and, and yet, um, and recovery, and might be conflicted about microdosing or taking, you know, any amount of psilocybin, which I believe, you know, is so, can be so, so helpful um, to people for a variety of reasons. So I wanted anyone who was really struggling with that to be able to have a place to go and talk about it. Um, and so I talked to Christina about it, and we decided to start um, a Zoom, uh, a, a bi-weekly every other week, um, Zoom meeting called Psilocybin and Sobriety, in quotations, which was Christina's idea. Um, and it's been very educational for me, um, because as I said, what I envisioned was just people who were, again, struggling um, with taking the psilocybin. But what we've what we've ended up with and all the, you know, what, whatever else has happened or will happen with it. Uh, Christina gets all the credit. She's like the brain. I say she's the brains of this outfit. Um, she's, she's amazing. And I think her, her time in, in leadership roles, uh, in 12 step, uh, really helped her with this. Um, but, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, I say it's like sobriety, advanced sobriety because it, you know, I mean, God love 12 step. It's a great thing that works for, I think, that uh, the most people, to keep the most people sober for the longest period of time. Um, but um, it's, not the, it's not the only way. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're someone who, you know, had a problem with alcohol, but, you know, um, rec can recreationally, used uh marijuana 
you know, on the weekends without a problem, doesn't interfere with your life, it's no damaging behavior, then, you know, is it really necessary for you to, to, to not have it, you know, to exclude that from your life? Or if you're an overeater or a sex addict, you know, then what does alcohol and, you know, recreational, you know, what, it, what is, so there are just shades of, of what, you know, people are making different choices rather than, you know, one size fits all. I think some of the people in our group so far, it's be, I'm becoming aware of the fact that, that people are making even more, um, what I want to say, like, uh, you know, there's just uh, a variety of choices that people are making that work for them. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole you know, the whole thing's going to fall apart. You know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. That seems like a pretty significant ontological shift for you. Like, oh, yeah. Like you, from what I recall, you were pretty staunch, like sober is sober. And that was <laughs> a, a lot of the conflict you were having, as you're saying, with psilocybin. Yeah. And so did, did this shift, has this really come just through these conversations that you all are having? Or was it started before that, maybe? Or? I mean, I, I think it started after that that experience in Jamaica, but it's definitely happening um, more now. I mean, I, I, my previously, I think I felt sober is sober, but uh, medicine, uh, I mean, that was one of the messages I got during a, that private sacrament at my house was um, um, medicine doesn't always look the way you think it should. Mm. Um, yeah, that doesn't mean it's not good medicine. And what it made me think of was my husband's radiation because it, you know, he lost a lot of weight. He, you know, he ended up with a pulmonary embolism. It, I mean, it wasn't pretty. He got confused. Um, but having said that, the radiation killed his cancer. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, my so my belief was like I. I didn't feel bad about taking two hits off a joint if I thought I was going to throw up. But I also knew, I also always believed that that was a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt that sobriety or abstinence works best when you sort of remove, you know, you, know, you don't put the camel's nose in the, the tent. You don't let the camel put his nose in the tent because what happens is the camel, and next thing you know, the whole camel's, camel's in the tent. tent. Right? <laughs> so that was how I felt about it. And um, there's a reason why, because that happens, especially people mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. newly clean and sober. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't tell the newcomer to just, oh, if you feel like having a beer, have a near beer because it's only... Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and mm. psychedelics can also be an entry point for people into... Um, uh, relapse, right? It's, 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 uh, I've seen it, particularly LSD. Uh, I've seen it with cannabis for sure. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, it, the 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 medicines have a role to play for sure, but it sounds like the again the context of community, the container of community, and being able to have these conversations. Because I can imagine, like folks that I've seen relapse after using psychedelics or cannabis. They didn't have anyone that they could talk to about their usage in a 
kind of a um, thoughtful way, right? Yeah. And so to be able to have a conversation where you can share your experience with this substance that produced an altered state and not necessarily feel guilty or shameful yeah. about it, because shame and guilt just shove us right back into the self-destructive behavior. See, that really surprises me about psychedelics, because I I would have thought, I mean, that if anything, psychedelics would remove the desire for, you know, other like excessive use of other mind-altering substances. I mean, uh, there's the the famous, you know, um, use of uh, was it LSD? Bill W. treated mm -hmm. that found one of the co-founders of AA being treated by with LSD in a Canadian hospital for depression or something. And reportedly, this is where he had a revelation about the higher power and the spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, aspects of of AA. There's I mean, there's, I know, like, numerous cases of, of people having, like, being able, who were previously unable to quit drinking, uh, spiritual experiences, mm -hmm. um, you know, that they had on psilocybin or whatever. And then, um, I mean, I had a weird experience with this last, like I said, smallish dose. I had been drinking energy drinks probably on a daily basis because I'm, I, I work a lot and I'm always tired and, you know, I would just on a daily basis pretty much have an energy drink. Since that experience, I, I just don't, I don't want it. And, that, and that's what I'm talking about, the, the shedding or the unlearning maybe of, mm -hmm. of, you know, bad, you know, bad behaviors or, you know, unhealthy behaviors. But, um, the, the marijuana doesn't surprise me so much, but the, the, the psychedelics, it, it, it does. But if that's the case, and I, I, I'm sure you're right, then this would be the answer to have the community. Well, and, and you know, it's much more, the, much more so the case that people um, end or uh, step away from bad behavior, uh, but it is very much a possibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've... I can think of one person right now I know who was in recovery and is back using LSD regularly alongside very harmful drugs, right? Huh. So the substances themselves are very powerful, but not not nearly as powerful as they can be within that container of conscientious community, yeah. intentionality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot more factors involved than just the medicine. Because so. we can use, I mean, like you say, it's the rarity for sure. Unlike alcohol, which it's the rarity that somebody can really like manage that relationship right. well. Exactly. Uh, so it's on the opposite side of the spectrum as certainly being an outlier of an experience, mm -hmm. but it happens. But like anything can be a coping yep. mechanism, which is not actually you know, an integrated healthy way to deal with something when you're coping with something, you know, externally from you. So really, I, I feel like anything can yeah, be subject that's to true. That's true. To I that. mean, I, I can't imagine, like, I think the last thing I, I want to do after an experience like a, a psilocybin sacrament is, is have a drink. It's more like, you know, just bad day where everything went wrong or whatever that's when i might occasionally think like well, 
boy, like this would be if I were drinking, this would be the time I'd have. You know, after after the retreats in Jamaica, that's pretty much the first thing I'd do was get drunk because there was just overwhelmed from all of the energy and the people and the secondary trauma. And no matter if I took mushrooms or not, like I would drink to try to bring my nervous system uh, down to a certain level. Um, so mushrooms for me have not been helpful in terms of, uh, reducing my consumption of alcohol, LSD. I don't even have to think about it. If I take a dose of LSD, it can be a playful dose. That's not really, you know, set and setting. It's just kind of whatever we're out in the park or walking to the forest or whatever it looks like. But for some reason I notice with, with, when I take LSD, I will have six months or so where I just I just don't even care. I like I look at alcohol. I'm like, yeah, no, that looks horrible. And it's it has there's no intention going into it. Yeah, it just that's the outcome for me. So I think everybody everybody's going to find themselves working with different substances in a different way and having different outcomes. And and so having that open mind and and really just seeing what works for you is really important. And that's where I, I it does seem like there is. Um, some detriment to kind of your typical 12-step problems that want to prevent any type of exploration of any other substances that might provide some form of relief and behavioral redirection, etc. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me, and and. And trying to be open and not judgmental, like when I'm hearing people talk about um, what they're going through. I mean, uh, in t- a typical in a 12-step meeting, and I can't remember where this appears, like Christina would know in the traditions maybe, when you talk about, you know, when someone speaks, they talk, to, they talk about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. So what happened to make them reconsider, you know, or, their their choices around drinking and what it's like now that they've quit, and the format that Christine has come up which with, which I think is is really is genius. Um, what it was like, um, what ha- I mean, what happened, you know, with with this, you know, with the the recovery and psilocybin, and what it's like now. What is their life like now that psilocybin? has been incorporated, you know, as a sacrament into their, their life and, uh, what it, what it's like for them now, because these people, um, most of them, or certainly I can't imagine would be openly accepted. Uh, their behavior would be openly accepted Mm -hmm. in, in 12 step. You know, I, I believe I've heard people say that their sponsors know about it or something like that, but it's, it's something, again, you wouldn't, you know, openly discuss. I mean, just like 30 years ago or, or 35 years ago, I wouldn't have openly told people in a meeting I was taking um, um, antidepressants, mm. which is kind of, you know, I knew that, that that didn't, I didn't think, I didn't believe I was doing anything wrong. I thought, you know, anybody, you know, it, it made perfect sense to me, um, but there was enough pushback, you know, you don't want to hear that. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like I didn't want to, um, you know, it's not where I wanted to take a stand, you know, at that mm-hmm. time anyway. Yeah. So 
the psilocybin and quote unquote sobriety um, circles that y'all are doing virtually now and maybe in person at some point, um, but virtually now, uh, which are now open to the public starting tomorrow, um, are people... Do you need, what if you have history in 12 step, but you're not, you've never practiced with the mushroom, like, you know, any mushroom experience. Can you, that's a good, can people like that come into of it? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a great question. Um, there's been some discussion about, because, you know, as you know, like people sort of run the whole gamut with, with, even within sanctuary, there are people who have maybe never dosed, but are interested in it. Um, there are people who are, microdosing for or have been microdosing for uh depression or anxiety or whatever and um uh want to try uh maybe a heroic dose so-called heroic dose or uh, take sacrament in a higher dose um so so yeah there are people within that that those groups there are also people who have like a history uh of recovery from, from whatever substance. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they are, I think they've been kind of, uh, showing up to check us out and see what it's about and what, and the thing is we, you know, we, you know, we'll talk about anything. So, I mean, you know, we, including if you're currently, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, all that patient, like with people who, like when I used to go to, you know, well, not even within meetings, but if, if people go, if, if someone in my head, if someone goes to a meeting, you know, we don't need to talk about whether or not you have a problem with alcohol or whatever it is, because normal drinkers don't go to AA meetings. Okay. So if, if you're, you know, thinking, if you're at the point where you're thinking that maybe you have a problem, trust me, you do. Because my husband, who has a beer with his pizza once a week, has never, thought has never occurred to him that he's got a drinking problem, or he might need to quit drinking or cut back or whatever. You, you have a, a relationship with alcohol that doesn't work. I mean, I don't need it. I don't, you know, need to put labels on anybody. I'm just saying there's something going wrong there somewhere if you're thinking about going to a, a meeting. So, so, so we will also get people who um, are questioning, like currently questioning their relationship with, and, you know, maybe they've been told by friends or family or they've had a bad experience, you know, maybe a DUI or whatever. And they're, and, and they, also use psilocybin as a sacrament or want to or whatever. So we're, we're happy to see those people too. Um, you know, we're, I don't think at this point we're, we're there to, uh, you know, help people get clean and sober, but if, but to share our experiences, it's like one of my big beliefs about 12 step that I thought was, or the, the things I, one of the things I really believed in was that, they used to talk about it as a program of attraction rather than promotion. Mm. Uh, you know, we're not Bible thumpers. We're not like going door to door. But if you, we are happy to show you uh, what our lives are like now. And I think that that's what we're probably, you know, I'd, I'd have to talk to Christine about this, but I like to think that 
we will hopefully be focusing on um, some of the people who have found a, uh, like a that are in a good place where they have found a place where they're comfortable uh, with their practices, whatever they might be. You know, not you know, not drinking or you know, even like you said, even using something, you know, they're in a place where they're comfortable with their practices, they're not participating in any self-destructive, harmful, addictive behaviors. And at the same time, they're also part of our community and they're incorporating uh, the use of psilocybin as a sacrament into their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I think it has enormous potential over the years here and so many people lament uh, the fact that they felt like they had to leave their 12-step community in order to, in order to p- pursue healing through psychedelics. It's mm-hmm. it's really a, it's a wonderful vision to imagine a place where those people can feel at home uh, and be able to continue on their journey in a non-judgmental, just like you're saying, yeah. it's so important for any form of recovery or healing is that where you know, judgment is limited, if not hopefully non-existent. Which is uh, also, I think, not typical of churches. And, yeah. And I'd love it if you'd kind of talk about that. You know, I don't see you as a typical churchgoer. I don't believe. I don't know if you are. Have you been going to church for years? Or um, no. I mean, I I grew up in a Baptist church that, uh, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, I I decided I didn't need to be there when the you know the pastor started talking about like uh throwing all his son's rock and roll records off of a cliff or something i don't know i don't remember (laughs) it was like uh but um i mean i have attended a variety of churches and synagogues over the years but just to sort of um i mean i i don't know if this sounds like it'll sound like a cop-out to some people but i always felt like it was okay anywhere i went to sort of take what made sense Mm -hmm. take it away and leave the rest Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what I did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what what's your experience like? Is that, this is something that I I want to try to communicate out to folks, and also, um, I guess I'm trying to find my own form of reconciliation still um, around the fact that you know we started a church, um, and so yeah, I'm just kind of curious about how how you perceive this community as a church and like just what's that feel like when you tell people do you tell people that you're part of a church and when you do like how does that how does that even sound in your own ears coming out of your mouth how is it received and I'm also like as you're asking that I'm remembering uh when we came back to Kentucky and we just had our daughter and you came over for the first time we were like standing up here and you're like we're like telling you about sanctuary and the church that we just started. And we're both kind of like, like it's a church. And like, <laughs> like we're both just kind of feeling that weirdness around mm-hmm. it being a church and watching your responses, like just waiting for some of you to run Is out the a, door. Do they mean cult? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they mean? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, that makes, it sounds perfectly normal and it makes perfect sense to me if I'm talking to anyone in the church. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but you know when I you know when I tell someone I mean first of all just for me to uh, be telling anybody that I'm you know that I have you know taken psilocybin for these reasons you know or whatever reasons how I got on this train um that's hard that's sometimes like challenging there's still people in my family that you know don't know and um and then to add on top of that by the way um <laughs> uh, yeah the reason i can do this is uh, because i'm a member of this church uh i was i feel like i should be putting quotation marks around it but that's so far from what it i mean that's not true it it is i i do feel gr i feel great about it, especially since there's no like um, belief system that is being imposed on me. You know, I don't have to believe that. You know, um, I don't have to have specific beliefs about Jesus or, or, you know, what happens. You know, about who's going to hell and that other other any anybody who's you know, beliefs conflict with ours. They're they're going to hell, or whatever happens to them. I mean, I, I'm among I'm in a community of people who um, uh, I think we have certain. Obviously, we have certain, you know, some beliefs in common that psilocybin is a, a spiritual sacrament, for example. But having said that, you know, we're free to believe what we believe out you know and and we are okay with having possibly differences in in our beliefs amongst ourselves i mean i it's just hard for me to imagine someone getting really judgmental about anything that might come up i, I mean as you well know we have discussions you know that after the first 30 minute service you know we have discussions and uh on a variety of topics uh, connected to our readings, and just hard for me to imagine anybody getting real judgmental about you know anything that might come up. So that's been that's been beautiful. I mean, it's really what a what a church should be. And you know, ironically, really through this church, I've learned more. I think. You know, I could be wrong, but I mean, I've learned more about what God is, what, you know, why we're here, uh, how I should live um, than I did from any other church or group. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because we don't really have any specific dogma or teachings around those subjects no no but you gave me the opportunity to have th these spiritual experiences using the sacrament that for me anyway have resulted in just i mean i have a whole journal of things that i look at that tell me in a way that makes very you know a lot of sense to me you know what what kind of, you know, what, what life is about, what the universe is about, what the nature of reality is, what love is, you know. I mean, there's just a, so many things that I've, I've learned, not from, 
you know, necessarily sitting in a Zoom service. Mm-hmm. But um, but from having those experiences in a protected, you know, you know, where my religious, you know, freedom is being protected, and um, the community is a you know, like a side benefit to that. It gives me a place, as we said, to, you know, to help me integrate and share those experiences. And um, it's just, it's the whole, you know, it's the, the, the whole picture. I'll bring, you guys just really brought it all together really well. Well, we did. Yeah. We did because, yes, you know, like you were, if not the first member, you were one of, you know, the first yeah. members of Sanctuary and you have built this with us, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not directly sitting, writing bylaws and stuff like we did, but, um, your experience and having that trust, you know, and that, that just that feeling following your intuition and, you know, going with it. And participating, yeah, showing up—that's that's everything. So well, thanks. I mean, and if it makes you feel um, like, uh, I mean, I feel like it's important to say that I would never follow anybody blindly. Um, I I watch. I mean, to a fault, I watch people. I watch how they treat other people. Um, I'm always on the lookout for signs that you know uh, this is a person or an organization or whatever that I don't need in my life. And, you know, based on what I see, then I make decisions. So, so that, that says what that says is, you know, at every, you know, from, from Jamaica to, um, you know, your living room to, (laughs) you know, the zoom meetings to the sacraments that we've done, you know, I, I haven't seen anything that, um, made me nervous. I, I think, um, I think we've been, I think it's been a, a process. I think it's been a relatively slow process of us personally getting to know each other, um, which is fine, but, uh, I haven't seen anything that makes me think I, you know, should be moving, you know, in a, in another direction. So, you were skeptical at first, though. No, what of the church? <laughs> of me? Of oh, me? No, no. I, <laughs> yeah, there was Eric and I both Sitting like they're smoking uh, weed the whole time. You're like this guy. I, well, this see, something ain't right here. <laughs> yeah, he needs to see, get sober. That's right. Like no, I mean I, I had it clearly fucked up. <laughs> I I had it in my head, you know, like for for psilocybin for me to make that. To, to fly down to Jamaica, I think I had it in my head that this was medicine, which meant you were supposed to be wearing a white lab <laughs> coat. And, you know, there was supposed, it was supposed to be more of like a like clinical mm-hmm. experience. And, and what I, I think what I saw just fed into that fear, that fear that I had in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why it came out that, no, this isn't, medicine for your depression this and possibly a spiritual experience this is um this is a bunch of people getting high together um that was my big fear and that's what sent me down that 
rabbit hole. But it's really interesting to see and 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 where you're at right now in this kind of perspective shift that you've had around sobriety, you know, um, is there was there was a part of me even then that was consciously trying to illustrate what you're expressing now that sobriety that it's it's not about the substance it's about how you manage it right um i think there's and that there is so much spiritual and therapeutic value in having fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're back. To, yeah, I am trying to. I'm, I'm moving there. That was the big thing about <laughs> about having fun. Like I, I still, uh, like that was during the camping retreat. That was one of the messages. Like, joy is not something that you have to earn. Mm. Like fun, you know, it's not something you have to earn. It's not the the reward for the task, the struggle. Um, but yeah, we've been on that road together. I still haven't gotten to, I think, to where you think I should I'm not be. Thinking, I don't think you should be right where no. you're at. I think you should be right where you're at. <laughs> Are you coming to the celebration though? That's the next No, question. you know what? The only reason I'm not is because I, I had already planned a trip to California with my last great niece, the youngest one to take her to Disneyland. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to be in California that okay. week, but um, having fun. Yeah. Having good, fun. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to get there and like in the, in the mushroom space of being okay with like, I think part of me still thinks that this needs to be work and study. And I'm, I'm learning here. I'm, you know, and I think someday when I, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to learn how to have fun. Well, in the there's, there is quantifiable research, quantified research that shows it's very clear that children, adults, animals, everybody learns more through play than yeah. through work. Yeah. We learn more having fun. And that's a serious fact. Serious. <laughs> serious. Hey, you, Eric has gotten so annoyed with me having fun in mushroom trips. Really? And, and a like, couple other people like that I clearly think. 15 years ago. <laughs> like 15 what? years and 435 trips ago. Yes, you're right. You mean like 10 years ago when we met? Oh, yeah, I guess it'd be 10 we years. We haven't ago. known each other for 15 <laughs> years, babe. <laughs> But it, it was at least 400 trips. I remember him hour. just like shaking his head and I'm like in the field like, woo! And well, he's like, she is not taking this seriously. <laughs> that's right. It's true. It's true. That's that's right. Well, that's, that's my gr my growth has been from being annoyed and, and looking at all these people in Jamaica and thinking, you know, these people are just getting high. Like this isn't... and. And me grabbing you and saying, we're working here, right? <laughs> and then now, like at the camping retreat, being fine with people mm -hmm. laughing and, you know, I mean, just good for them, you know, good for them. So that's yeah. growth. That's good growth. for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good for you. You you are growing significantly. It's really wonderful to like to actually see it on you. I see, <laughs> you, you do. You see and you seem, you feel, you look. A lot lighter, a lot more relaxed. Uh, you know what that is, is, comes from. I don't know. No, you know, not sure. Pinpoint on the mushrooms. Uh, it sounds like it's a whole, kind of a whole part, whole holistic process, uh, which this all is. And we always want to help to reiterate to people that the mushrooms are not going to save you. 
They're just a tool for introspection to allow access into that divine self and that community. It's not going to save you either. All of these require us showing up for ourselves. And then it starts to unfold. So I commend you for continuing to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for providing a, a safe space for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for helping make it safe I'm, for I'm everybody. I'm so excited to see where this sobriety topic goes. I think it's one of the most compelling mm -hmm. conversations to be had around psychedelics. Um, it's also funny to me, too, in probably a dozen times uh, have heard people say and have had similar experiences, uh, someone who is on mushrooms saying, I feel more sober than in regular life, right? <laughs> and so like that potential for clarity and just for us to start developing a different framework for speaking about altered states. Like right now, we're we're not flat out sober. We we think that we are, right? But we're 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 always in a little bit yeah varied of a state. Tamped. I yeah. think it's all a little tamped down. Mm. And I mean I do feel like mm. right after a mushroom experience, like just like you're saying, that it's just I feel sort of cleansed all that you know, whatever that is that like grime that's all like got me all clogged up whatever it is mm -hmm. it's all been sort of flushed away mm -hmm. and i i feel like i do see things more clearly so and we consider it to be quite a milestone that sanctuary was just invited to two sober oh, festivals yeah. as yeah. an education booth for the spirituality and psilocybin like i mean i was personally shocked like that they, you know, wanted us to have like a, a center stage in those events being yeah. sober festivals. There surely wasn't education on, you know, how to drink alcohol yeah. or <laughs> no, I how mean, to smoke weed or whatever. Congratulations. Um, well, it I mean, had me thinking when you were talking, I was thinking, what if we treated alcohol like a sacrament? And then I realized that in the Catholic Church, you know, wine is treated like a sacrament and still mm -hmm. like Catholics, we drink. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big difference is, and, and this one of the facilitators in Jamaica uh, said this to me, and, and I, it's, I think it's very true, is, um, you know, some of these other substances are more of a, a numbing, have, have sort of a numbing effect, mm -hmm. whereas the psilocybin, maybe other psychedelics have like a, a clarifying, like a, you know, clarify things. You're not, you know, you're not trying to suppress or numb mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. down it. It just really opens you up to reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. stuff. Also, it strikes me too, just kind of last, I just wanted to make a note of how interesting, and I, I as well don't ascribe to uh, coincidences. I think there is intelligent design behind everything that's happening. And that Steve, Stephen was one of the folks mm -hmm. that sat yeah. with you who was also, you know, came to Jamaica on a separate retreat right. and then subsequently moved to Louisville here. There's, it's really interesting, this kind of little circle of, of familiarity. It, it feels, there are, there are times when I feel like we are some kind of like space family or something. Like right. there's, there's a connection underlying our relationship that is much deeper than we can perceive of. Right. It's just really Really interesting to observe that. Mm -hmm. I'm with you there. Well, it's in, it's more interesting to me that the, I believe that not only Steve and, and his wife, but there have been other members of the church that have moved here deliberately 
to be close to the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came to Louisville because my husband's family lived mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that speaks to, I mean, these people, you know, picking up and moving here to to be a bigger part, you know, be able to have more access to sanctuary or have a bigger part in sanctuary, that speaks volumes about the the church, I think. Um, so, again, you know, something to be excited about. Well, we we threatened them and said <laughs> that we would kick them out if they didn't move here. So they did, you know, out of fear. Would be a proper cult if we didn't threaten their lives. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, just kidding. I, you know, there's there's going to be as Courtney was alluding to uh, early on in this. You know, we're going to see these communities forming around the country, which all of it is just so exciting seeing this kind of rising tide that's lifting all of these ships, you know, Christine out in um, uh, Tacoma doing work out there and building community. And we've got folks in Maine starting to build in Texas and and Florida. I think probably before we'll know it, we know it, we're going to turn around and see um, more communities carrying the right. same model forward around the country, which and is really beautiful. our community growing, right? What oh, do we yeah. have over... 150-something here in Louisville alone. Well, yeah, and even at the last Zoom oh, the yeah. last Zoom service, yeah, we there were well over 100 people. Like, people. Yeah, we actually had 140 people throughout, like, logging in and logging really? in. Really? Yeah, like, wow. yeah, so it's the biggest yet, I do believe. It's pretty exciting. It is. Uh, so well, we'll thank you goes. for sharing your story with everyone. I mean, I know you said before you got on, like so many people do, you know, people really want to listen to me, like share my story. But yeah, I mean, the number of people that feel like they cannot at all talk about their Mm -hmm. journey or or interest in working with mushrooms because of, you know, their, their journey with, uh, recovery. Oh yeah. And so, you know, just planting that seed, helping people feel like they're not the only ones they're in well, good company. Let me just mention real briefly, as as you know, like I went to speak at uh, the Moth. It's just an open oh, yeah. stage, oh, yeah. right, Louisville, and and spoke about my experience. Just in, I had five minutes to tell my story about being sober and then taking psilocybin, and uh, I had two people come up to me after to ask me about sanctuary, and. Um, I believe one of them ended up joining. I think two people joined. Really? I remember two, two, yeah, two discovery calls right. where somebody said it was from you. Right. The so story the, the need is out there. The yeah. people that are, you know, in that, you know, have that history or whatever. So, well, hopefully we can uh, provide a place for them to, to talk about their concerns and, and, you know, incorporate that all into the community. Yeah. For sure. So I don't, First of all, I want to encourage our listeners, if you haven't, go back and listen to that first episode with honor so you can kind of get a bigger picture of this ongoing journey. It's really beautiful to see the unfolding, uh, how how these experiences impact our lives uh, for years and years and years. Um, I don't remember what you said then that psilocybin no. says to you, but I'm wondering, does psilocybin say anything different to you that you know of where yeah, you at in that. I, I had no answer the first time. I remember just feeling like so uncomfortable um, because <laughs> I didn't have anything on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but I mean, I was looking at my journal just now and, and um, something I didn't remember from one of my mushroom experiences was uh, that, you know, we choose everything. Um, and 
so I'll say uh, psilocybin says choose joy. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And it's not for pussies. It's not. <laughs> Most importantly. Oh, that. my God. <laughs> Next time you come on, psilocybin says we're going to make a shirt and you have to wear it. The whole time. <laughs> that maybe, that, that. maybe that should be the thumbnail for the YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We might get blocked from yeah, YouTube if we make it that. Right yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Honor. Yeah. Thank you Thank for having you. me.